0: visit AscentEquityGroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T EquityGroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only.
1: Just because the crime score goes up, premium jumps up. So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but the number one factors that affect the premium are going to be the construction type and just in general where the property is located.
2: Real quick before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to TenantScreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try SmartMove tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how SmartMove can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with SmartMove's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with SmartMove's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to TenantScreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening, with TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever, listeners! How you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Jake, Stacy, how you doing, Jake? I'm
1: doing well, Joe. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Jake. is an insurance broker specializing in insurance for multifamily and commercial real estate. Over the last three years, his team's grown the business 86, 96, and 114% to become an eight-figure insurance agency. Also invests in real estate on the side based in Seattle, Washington. With that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure
1: thing. Thanks, Joe. So yeah, you got that right. We are an insurance broker specializing in especially multifamily commercial real estate. And we work with uh, everyone from single complex owners, developers, property management companies, large reefs, larger portfolios on a nationwide basis. We actually started working in the space probably about um, 12 or 15 years ago. We built a, a very specialized program. Uh, it's pretty unique compared to the traditional way that uh, insurance has typically been handled. And at this point, we've grown at 86, 96, 114% over the last three years, which is definitely unique compared to the average growth of an insurance agency hovering around between three and 5%. And this has all been off the back of our real estate program. And currently, I'd estimate we probably insure maybe 100,000 units nationwide, got it it dialed in. Uh, We saw the old way to insurance was, was handling it would take three months to get a quote, be on the 20 questions about the properties, about the business in general. So we actually use a program that houses the property information that, the, that we can access, which is the address of the property, which creates a really seamless process for our clients. And so we're able to turn things around really quickly for them. And we've actually partnered with a number of carriers as well in order to get the best prices in the market. So that's my dad just working in the multi-family commercial insurance. And then on the side, I actually just recently started doing that real estate investing on my own. Obviously a lot of real estate investors are my clients. So just loving that space. I was like, you know, I should just do this too. I see what you guys are doing and I want to be involved in that too. So I actually started real estate investing on the side and, uh, and my wife and I recently bought a uh, three bedroom house and we're, we're kind of house hacking right now. We bought a three bedroom house with a, an 1100 square foot basement with its own own entrance. So it's like one of those walkout styles. So, so we're currently finishing that and it'll be a, a pretty sweet deal both from the, the income potential that we'll have and the market that we're in, there's less than a 1% vacancy on rental properties and the rents continue to rise. And there's also a pretty significant equity potential on the property as well. We've got a pretty sweet deal on it. So yeah, that's what we're doing on, on the side. And I've actually recently just kind of gone all in into real estate investing. And I've actually secured a couple partners that want to work with me. A couple from a financial standpoint. And then one guy actually recently approached me and was like, hey, I want to do all your rehab work. I grew up flipping houses with my dad and I've got a little bit of money set aside. So I want to partner with you hopefully invest with you, and then I'd like to just do the work for you. So I think that'll be a pretty symbiotic uh, relationship as well. So that's a little bit about myself in a little bit more detail and the the real estate investment we get to do.
2: You're a busy man. Indeed,
1: very busy. But, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I like being busy. Well,
2: let's talk about the specialized program that you have from the insurance brokerage standpoint. Is that essentially just a database that you have and someone gives you their property address and your database has the information that you need, so it cuts out a lot of the back and forth? Yeah, exactly.
1: So typically how it was historically done was the insurance broker would send their client an application and it'd be anywhere between probably five, 10 pages, just asking details about the the property specs, you know, year built, square footage, vacancy, the rents, everything like that. And so we actually, uh, over the last 15 years, we use a program that not only has public property information, but we also buy a lot of information that we use too. So yeah, exactly. With just the address, I can pull all the underwriting information that I would need. Everything from crime score, construction type, tenants for commercial buildings, average rents for that area, pictures, the recent sale, the entity that owns the property, everything like that. And so that, that really cuts out a lot of back and forth Which is really helpful for our clients. I'm sure you're controlling what 510 million of multifamily right now. I'm sure you're busy. You probably don't have time to to go back and forth on every single property you own just to get the insurance done for it. So that's one thing that's really catapulted our growth is just uh, taking all the work off our clients' hands and just putting it on on our team. So we've got a pretty robust team that just mines for the data that we that we need for the the properties. I'm trying to find portfolios that we think would be a good fit for our program, and then then we reach out to those portfolios respectively.
2: What aspects of looking at insuring a property influence the premium that is going to be offered to that property and the property owner?
1: A lot of people think that it's just straightforward on how the premiums drive, but the factors that go into how the premium is so multifaceted. I mean, it's everything from construction type to number of stories, the number of units per building, if there's a sprinkler system in that building or not honestly, just even the, where the property is located what neighborhood, what the crime scores are in those neighborhoods. For example, I've got a, a client right now who's uh, got a, a property about two miles from the Las Vegas Strip. Their renewal is going up maybe 30% just because the crime scores in that area have, have increased. Nothing else has changed. We've insured the property for years, but just because the crime score goes up, premium jumps up. So, There's a lot of factors that that go into it, but the number one factors that affect the premiums are, are gonna be the construction type and just in general where the property is located. Obviously a property in Texas there's gonna be a lot more to insure than a property in, in California just based off the the exposures in those those different states. You know, the, Texas you got the wind, hail, you got some hurricane exposure on the coast. But California, especially central California, you don't have those those types of exposures. So it's very multifaceted, it's pretty complex to get into actually what drives the premium. But number one thing is definitely where the property is located, and then just the property specifics, like how big is the property, what's it made of, how new is it? That's another big
2: factor. What's the story of a property that was challenging to get insured. Can you just talk to us about an example?
1: Yeah, it's getting harder and harder for specifically in in general. The the market as a whole is just getting tighter. Uh, not, Not yet from a pricing standpoint. Prices are still pretty soft, but underwriting guidelines are tightening up a lot. And so it's getting increasingly difficult to insure properties that are older than between 1980 and 1990. When you get older than 1980 especially, it's very difficult to place the insurance for them. I had a client in Southern California just by. Eight. One was 1953, one was 1950. It was like a small like pizzeria and the one small apartment complex. And that was very difficult because the property didn't, didn't look great from the outside, but it was a well-performing property. I'd never had any claims or anything like that. It was updated fairly well, but just because of the age of the building, it was difficult to place the insurance for We've got a pretty close feel on the marketplace as a whole, so we know how to direct those properties into the correct carrier. And typically, those carriers, we write so much business with them that they're able to kind of give us good prices considering the the aspects of those properties. And that's one recent example that I just was going through last week is a client's kind of 1950s property that didn't look great on the outside but had good bones and ended up going through with, with the purchase, and we were able to find a pretty competitive rate for him just by knowing the marketplace.
2: Older than 1980, a lot of the best-ever listeners, I imagine, are thinking – Oh, that's that's like 90% of the properties where I live, especially in the Midwest. Yeah, I know in Texas, not so much. A lot of stuff's new, but in the Midwest and the Northeast, you got properties built in the 1800s and the early 1900s, maybe not large multifamily ones, but still you got a lot of properties that age. So I don't even know what the question is. That's just an observation. Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, something that will become very difficult to navigate with our clients. I mean, because by and large, most of the properties are older than 1980, probably nationwide on an average basis. And one thing that you have to take in consideration for Best Ever listeners that are looking to buy those properties is, has the property been updated? The big things are, is the roof is more than 30 years old? An insurance company is not going to want to ride it if it's older than 30 years old. Has the wiring been updated? Does it have the copper or aluminum wiring the not and tube? And the electrical panels that it has, does it have the Federal Pacific and the Zinsco panels? Those were healthy from the start. So those are the big things that they're going to look at. So if the property has been updated and it's older than 1980, you're okay. But you definitely want to pay attention to the update information that the, maybe the potential seller has on file or if it has gone through
2: a major rehab. Very helpful. Thank you for elaborating on that.
1: And I will add to it does depend on if somebody's a, a single complex owner or if they have a significant portfolio with the more properties that we have that we're trying to market for the insurance coverage. If there's a portfolio that has 10 properties versus one, we're able to get a lot more creative and have a lot more purchasing power in the market. And there are carriers that will make exceptions. So if we've got a portfolio that's everything's newer than 2000 and then there's one 1975 complex in there, then make an exception to that and get a good rate for that one complex. So don't be discouraged about the insurance for an older property. It, it can be done.
2: When you take a look at the types of costs of insurance, let's go with 50 plus unit properties. I know 50 plus to, it could be 600 or 1,000. So I know that's a large range. And if you need to define it more, then let me know. But we'll go with that for now until you say otherwise. 50 plus unit properties. When you take a look at the price to insure those types of properties and look at it geographically, so different regions... Are there certain regions that are twice as much as other regions? Can you just speak a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I can. For example, here's a good, just from my personal experience, one of my largest clients is up here in, in Seattle. And all they buy is probably 10, 15 building, 350 unit plus apartments. And our insurance there is probably half the cost of for the same building if it was in Colorado or, or Texas or even the Midwest states, just because of the different weather, especially so just looking at from Seattle to Dallas-Fort Worth is going to be probably double the cost per insurance per unit basis. And then you, you also see similar from California to Texas as well. And then one of my colleagues, he actually insures only properties in, in Florida. And Florida is definitely by and large probably one of the most expensive states, especially because almost everything is on the coast. So that's another state that's going to be twice as much than probably Texas. So as you get, and again, it's all about just the, the exposure that properties have. Especially in Texas, you got the wind hail, and Florida, you got the hurricanes. California, at this point, prices are going up given the the fires that recently happened. So I'm not sure if that really answers your question, but um, I mean, that's just one example that I've seen. Like Seattle to Texas is almost double the cost.
2: Wow, that's really helpful. So Seattle to Texas, double the cost, and then Seattle to Florida is approximately, and I know we're using rough numbers, but four times the cost. Yeah.
1: And that's just, yeah, it's almost all weather driven nearly.
2: Anything that stands out to you about the Northeast? We have a lot of Northeast investors who listen to the show, as well as a lot of California investors.
1: Northeast is relatively straightforward. There, we, just, we deal with a lot of older properties. But the number one thing that we look for there, at least that we see most often, is driving the price. Is the Northeast gets some pretty severe freezing that happens, and that can cause a lot of pipes to burst. So, carriers often are looking for plumbing updates that have been done to those properties. But by and large, the Northeast is going to be, I wouldn't say it's like, outrageously expensive but it is going to be more expensive than a northwest or a west coast property just given that and the age and typically on average the crime scores in the northeast are a lot higher as well i just recently helped a a guy the 5500 units in like 16 different states and they had a lot of stuff in like rhode island connecticut new york out like out not new york city but like out in the rural New York. And up there is per unit was a lot more expensive than it was for the rest of their portfolio given. And I was able to see all the data on on their crime scores. Crime scores are almost double up in in those areas as well as the freezing that happened. So Northeast, definitely that's something that's driving the premiums quite a bit.
2: When you insure your properties, what are some things as an insurance broker you're going to make sure you include on your properties?
1: That's a good question. I like that question. First thing you want to look for is you want to make sure that the replacement cost for your building is actually what it would cost to replace the building in the event of a total loss and that you don't have co-insurance on it either. So the industry uses just standard like, oh, you know, it'll be, for example, California, we give an estimate about $150 per square foot to replace the building. But there's some states where $150 per square foot, you're not even going to be able to build half the building. So that's one thing to pay attention to is the number one line item. Typically, you see when you're looking at your policy is the actual building limit. I break that down to a per square foot basis so you can actually see what it would cost because that's what a lot of developers use too. It's how much per square foot is it going to cost me to rebuild this property? Uh, that's the number one thing that for sure you should look for. And then you want to look at the coinsurance, which is pretty much just going to be a penalty for underinsuring your property. Typically, it's 80 90% or it's just waived. You always want it to be waived. So those are the two first things that I look for. I also look for sewer drain and backup, especially on big rental properties. It's got a lot of, if you have a lot of tenants, there's a lot of people using the facility. So you want to make sure that if you do have a sewer backup situation that you have ample coverage for it because typically it can cause hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage throughout different units. And some carriers have a benchmark only $10,000 of coverage. I always will sell $100,000 of coverage on that. So that's another thing I look for. Those are probably the big three property aspects that I look for, and then obviously you want to make sure your deductibles are something that you're comfortable with. We have some pretty risk-averse investors that we work with that are okay having lower premiums but higher deductibles. And then we have some people that want the lowest deductible possible, and they're okay paying for it. And especially in states where you have those big weather exposures like wind and hailstorms and, and, and tornadoes or whatever, you want to make sure that your wind hail deductible is something that you're comfortable with. And typically it's going to be offered in a percentage basis. And you want to look for if it's going to be a percentage basis per location, per occurrence, if it's going to be for every storm, or is it can be for every building. And those are often percentage basis. You want to look at the deductible as well. Just make sure it's something that you're comfortable with. And even do a calculation. Say, okay, I've got a $10 million building and I've got a 5% deductible. Okay, is that even going to offer me any coverage if I lose half my building to a windstorm? So uh, that's just something that you want to look for. And then on the liability side, it's pretty run the mill. You want to just make sure that you have 2 million aggregate, 1 million occurrence. And if you want an umbrella, that's something that you should definitely look at too. And again, that's just something that's all about your comfort zone, how how much you want to uh, go above and beyond with the with the ex- excess uh, liability coverage. So those are the, probably the, a few main things that I would keep an eye out.
2: Very helpful. Thank you for that. Based on your experience As an insurance broker, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: Best ever real estate investing advice? Well, like I said, I just kind of got into the real estate investing in space. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there. There's a lot of people that talk about wanting to be a real estate investor and stuff. But there's a lot of people that just don't do anything. And I could have sat here forever saying, oh, I want to invest. I want to invest. But my wife and I decided, let's just do it. Let's just buy something and start working on it. So that's how we ended up with our property. We just decided to do something. So one piece of advice, just do something. Have a, have a property worth buying, take the risk, just do it. It's going to be scary. It's going to be easy to talk yourself out of it, but just go for it. And even if it crashes and burns, you learn from it. And then the second thing that I would say is, is just network. When my wife and I started to actually network and start to talk to people and actually put words to our ideas of achieving financial success in real estate, we were able to make all these partnerships with people that knew what we wanted and were willing to help us get there. So number one, just do something. Number two, you got to network, you got to meet people. And then you just got to have a close knit network that you can bounce ideas off of, find people to help you out. And just real life example that that happened to me recently, we actually just met someone who wanted to give us 50% off all of our interior drywall, trim work and cabinets, just because I went up to him and had a real estate investor meeting that I recently went to and told him about what we wanted to do. And he's like, Oh, I'm actually a dealer for all these different things. You want 50% off? I'm, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Just the fact that we were able to network and meet someone, we're able to increase the profitability and margin that we can achieve on this one property that we're doing right now. And then you always want to make sure you network with a realtor. Luckily, my twin brother is actually a realtor, so we're able to see what's going on on and off the market probably more closely than another
2: person. But just do something and then talk to people about it. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I am ready. All right, let's do it. First quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com, and there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one, and we'll check it out. Best ever way you've grown your business outside of just the database that you have access to, because I believe the database is something that will help you make it easier to convert leads But if you're growing your business the way you've talked about, it's more than just about conversion. It's about getting in front of more people. So best ever way you've done that. That's right. Cold calling, hands down. Best ever transaction you've been a part of?
1: I had a client through a syndication deal purchase over 400 units for about $97 million here in Seattle. That was a fun transaction to be part of.
2: Best ever tips you have for cold calling?
1: Be comfortable and be very clear and concise the message you want to get across.
2: What's a mistake you've made on a deal or maybe on a cold call even? Talking too much. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? I love to volunteer my time with high school kids especially. So that's all the questions for the lightning round. I do want to circle back on the cold call thing. So let's say you call me up. What do you say to me?
1: First of all, I try to keep my calls very short. And I try to have a claim that I can drop pretty instantly saying, Hey, Joe, Jake, Rice Insurance. Hey, I wanted to increase the profitability of your assets while offering protection at the same time. Do you have five minutes if you hear about a program that we use that I think could be beneficial for you?
2: And how do you increase? The, oh, because it's lower insurance, so you decrease expenses. Exactly, yep. And for some people, that value pitch is, Hey, I can save you time. Okay. How do you determine which way to go with on the pitch?
1: It's through a series of questions, like determining what's valuable to them. Is it the, the financial impact or is it the time? And A lot of people we work with, it's mostly the time. And honestly, most people, it's a combination of the both. People aren't going to switch insurance for no savings. It's Those things have to be achieved.
2: How can the best of the listeners learn more about what you got going on?
1: Check out our website, riceinsurance.com, and always feel free to send me an email, js at riceinsurance.com as well.
2: Learned a lot. Enjoyed our conversation. Congrats on the growth, and thank you for talking to us about insurance and things to keep in mind when we're insuring a property, make sure your replacement cost is actually what it would cost to replace the property. Think about it from a per square foot basis. Have no coinsurance. You want that to be waived. You want to make sure you have sewer drain and backup coverage, you like to have at least 100 k Make sure you're comfortable with the deductible. And also from the liability side, I have $2 million aggregate, $1 million per occurrence. And obviously those variables might change based on the property and your comfort level as an investor. But generally speaking, that's what you look for. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com, and there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.